This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in term supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now what? to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes end of season review. We have a number of regular contributors, a number of new faces joining us today to to pick over the scab of 21-22 season. And I mean that very, very, very purposefully. We have Mr. Greg Theaker, Wendover Horn. We have Alex King. We have Mr. Jason Rose. Carlos is here. Justin is here, as is Mr. Ian Bacon. The wonderful Katie is going to give us all sorts of positive news about the Junior Hornets, I'm sure. And sponsored by Bet365, Mr. Neil Silverstein. First, first of all, I think we should we should go around should go around the group and say hello to everybody who we've got on the group, and let, let's call out what your favourite defensive error of the season has been. I'm going to start off first of all because I started off a thing on uh, on Yawn's TV called the Boot Room, and after a while I just gave up because it didn't matter what we were playing <laughs> because. <laughs> You know, Trusty Cole was an early an early setter on this kind of thing, often kind of coming out with some prime ducking technique. And I think his first one away at Leicester <laughs> is what I'm going to say is it really set the tone. And others, once he was dropped from the team, went, hold on, William's not here, but we can still carry on with this excellent <laughs> way of, of, of shooting ourselves in the foot. Katie, was there any kind of uh, individual defensive disaster that you – <laughs> either enjoyed <laughs> in some gallows way or uh, or just made you pull your hair out. Ben Foster thinking that he's Superman every couple of games, just absolutely <laughs> running out of, just running into no man's land and getting into that proper pose. I'm just there thinking, what are you doing? He's actually so unserious. Which was your favourite one? Was it the one against Leicester or the one against Liverpool? Which I, which I, I, I um, kind of lean towards, I think. 
I think I think the Liverpool one definitely because you know you're playing Liverpool, you've got to be tart, you've got to be not making those stupid mistakes. And I'm thinking, why, why did he even do that? Like there was no need for him to do it, and it just made me laugh. The pictures made me laugh so much of him doing that. You probably won't remember it, but I think I think some of some of the older contestants here will. Uh, they, used to, <laughs> they used to do on the back of the paper and in the post panel the spot the ball competitions, and they used they used to basically show this tiny little image, and it was like you know people playing football and looking up, and you had to put like a little pinprick into where where you thought the the, the ball might be. <laughs> ben Foster would have never won that because he was never in close <laughs> proximity to it at all. Ever. <laughs> Greg, Greg, sir. What was uh, what was the one that saw you pulling your hair out? Oh, there's been so many, hasn't there? Um, I'm going to go for a non-defender. Ooh. I'm going to go for uh, Mr. Tom Cleverley away at Manchester City, sitting in one of the fullback positions, where all he had to do was launch the ball, but just thought he'd just play a nice little ball into midfield for Man City to go and sc- score the third, I believe. Um yeah, awful, awful. Um, Tom, Tom Cleverley had, had, had a fine, fine, consistent range of these during during the season. Uh, Neil, sir, Neil, sir, anything that uh, anything that you've seen that you've gone, hello, we've gone a goal up. I know he's going to be able to kind of reverse <laughs> this and therefore get me into into my betting pattern. What, what was what was your kind of hand in heads moment? Head in hands, even. Well, I'm, I'm worried I'm getting a bit of a reputation about being the, the, the serial gambler amongst us all. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not true. It's not the only successful one. That's the point. Yeah. Well, actually, to be fair, I'm more successful than Roy Hodgson because I've won one. Um, for, for me, <laughs> flies there. Um, kind of set the tone for the season, which was Villa's second goal with, with our lovely cultured left back giving the penalty away. Um, Mr. Messina. It, it typifies it all. First of all, his manner in the way that he defends, challenges or whatever, and, and also just set the whole season up perfectly well. For me, that's it. It's, it just went from there, really. It, 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 it was the cultured kind of Italian-style defending. I know he's Moroccan, but, you know, brought up in Genoa and, and you know, yeah. fine defending. What you do is you throw your leg behind you and try and trip whoever may be in the vicinity up. It, 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 it was quality his, all the way through. It's his ability to forget what position he plays as well. He almost sort of looks over his shoulder and goes, shit, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm too far forward. What am I doing? He did that yesterday yeah, for the second goal. He did that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did it yesterday. Did, did he actually know where he was playing yesterday? Not a clue. He just <laughs> li- he li- and I saw, he looked over his shoulder and went, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, yeah. it looked like we were playing with two left wing backs. Mm. You know, uh, well, odd. Have to when one of them's Messina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. That, is, yeah, that, that was for me. It, it, I guess without realising at the time, it kind of was that that set the tone for the season for me. And it's been consistent from then on in. It's, you know, whether it's Messina, the left back, or our overall approach to, um, I guess, defending like a chocolate teapot. It, it's just gone <laughs> on and on. <laughs> Jason, Jason, anything, uh, joining in with the... Uh... With the cheery remembrance of some of these, some of the finest defending seen in the Premier League so far this season. Yeah, it was, cheers. It was, yeah, I know. There's, yeah, well, there's many yeah, to thanks, Neil. Neil, Neil, nick mine because uh, I have to say, Adam Messina's scorpion kick on day one was was probably <laughs> setting the tone for everything else. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't there to see it in live. I was in. I was a bloodstock catching COVID. So uh, thank God for that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I know. For for me, I think again, again, setting the tone was probably um, 
at Brighton. Brighton, I think it was their second goal where Truce got the ball. God bless Truce. Uh, absolute suicidal pass into Tom Cleverley, who, uh, who had it taken off his toe. And then all of a sudden the game's gone. And I think, I think again, you know, you look at the beginning of the season, it's those... It's easy to pick the ones at the end of the season, but certainly the ones at the beginning of the season. The warning signs were there. The alarm bells were already ringing, and for me, that was probably one. I nearly stuck my foot through the TV when that happened because I was I was still feeling really sorry for myself catching COVID. I had the missus on at me going on about it, and uh, yeah, I had tickets for the game as well. I had to give them away, so the whole thing was just an absolute nightmare. So uh, yeah, God bless Troost. Here you go. Is that Troost, or was that cleverly being on his heels and not being prepared to take the ball? Because I, I had a good old conversation at the game about that, and I could see it both ways. Yeah, I, I think, in, and it's only my opinion as someone who played, I played in defence far too many years, but, you know, Truce can see the whole game. Truce can see the whole game in front of him. You know, he's playing a ball into Cleverley, who's, who's obviously got his back to everything. He doesn't know what's behind him. He's either got to get a shout from someone, or, you know, it's down to Truce. At the end of the day, you know, I think we talked, you guys might have talked about this while we were in the championship. You know, Troost had a, had a pull short for this sort of thing already, where he just literally mm. play nightmare passes to, to, to seemingly nobody. So yeah. um, it wasn't a massive shock, was it, really, when, you know, we're into what, week two, week three of the season and he's already playing a nightmare pass. I think, so, Jason, you, Jason, you are spot on. He'd shown that he was dangerous in possession, but this season, I think he's added to his game and show how dangerous he can be when he hasn't got the ball as well, which oh, yeah. is a lovely yeah. touch. I mean yeah, that game. Yeah. That game we had a we had a, a post kind of game pick up with, uh, with with Luther and and Luther said you know in, in response to your com- uh, your point there Neil was that you know Tom Cleverly had come for it but didn't turn and, and I and I said well, he didn't turn he didn't get on the half turn he didn't really look for it and he went and at no point did Luther turn around and go Peter which one of us has played for England and you know like that because you know, <laughs> Luther all kind of respect everybody's opinion which is lovely but yeah it was one of those but you just think just before that that ball he played he tried to play one through up to um uh, up to Saar who was playing very narrow that day and it just rolled through to their to the goalkeeper Romero is it I can't remember who's at Brighton mm. and um and yeah, he looked Romero. like he just he just didn't want to do that again. And he just kind of, he just sold him with the hospital. It was a, it was a dreadful thing, but it was a nice moment to have a bit of an ensemble piece. Um, Alex, uh, Alex, do you, uh, do you have any specific? Uh... I probably have a top three. I can't lie. Um, top three. Look at this. I know. So I think my third favourite one was on a Friday night in West London wearing a Christmas jumper where William Trista Kong dived into <laughs> the worst challenge I have ever seen. And as I watched it, I think I've walked out because I'm just furious. <laughs> utterly furious at the cop. Honestly, utterly. So that was my third one. That was um, your third? Yeah, Brilliant. yeah. My second one, and I think it's a very, very funny thing because you mentioned two wingbacks. And the funniest thing I've ever seen collectively by two people was Danny Rose and Adam Cena trying to mark Mo Salah. That was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Me, me, me and Justin probably him. would have done a better job. Oh, mate. And honestly, no one got near him for 90 minutes and it was absolutely hilarious to look at each other going, are you stopping him? Are you stopping? It was fantastic to watch. Um, and, what, and what's top of the pop set? And, and the one for me, because it just the first it came to my head straight away, was the, pretty sure it was West Ham at home, we did oh. Christmas or a Mirage, really, was um, when Messina got oh. for the ball, expecting it to go out, and then Bowen then just caught the ball from going out, squared it, and they scored, and then I'm pretty sure he yeah. put it offside at the end. I'm pretty, that was the like the final the final hand 
<laughs> Surely, no, that was probably the, the highlight for me was that one. But I, I, I did think of the Salomon versus Rosa Messina because that was just an absolute, that was just hilarious to watch. It was so funny. I mean, that, that was a that was a fine ensemble piece that that, that game as well because also you had the um, Kuchka at the far post deciding he was going to chest it down <laughs> to Daniel Bachman, yeah. who, who, who went, I'm going to, no, shall I jump on the ball or <laughs> yeah. shall I jump I just- on... Jared Bowen. Uh, uh, Jared Bowen. Let's take him. And it was oh god. And it was another one like yesterday, wasn't it? My God, this is this is a lot of trauma we've all gone through, isn't it? Carlos, what what's uh, what's going to be uh, giving you the the screaming eebie-jeebies during the the close season as you wake up in a cold sweat remembering uh, our defensive woes? There's two that stick out. One of them is is, is a random one, but the, the first one is definitely away at Leicester, where Truce decided that heading the ball was now illegal. <laughs> And just ducking, <laughs> ducking away from it. I mean, I, I don't think I can ever forgive that. It, it, from a, a defender's point of view, there, there has to be a certain standard of you know playing football. I think, and any anybody that went ball comes over the top, uh, put me head on it. Surely to Christ, but that, there's that one. And the other one that really sticks with me is the is both Tottenham games. Now, Justin might remember yeah. this. I went to Tottenham away. We conceded a particularly shitty goal. Danny Backman was in, uh, was yeah. in goal. It was that sort of that whipped free kick. Mm-hmm. Tottenham then come back to Vicarage Road and score exactly the same fucking goal. So that one sticks <laughs> for me a, a little bit of, of, of a needle because there was no kind of, we've seen this before. We, we've, they, I know what they're going to do here because I was, I think I was sat next to Justin and went, they're going to whip this straight in like they did at the other game. Yeah. Whoosh. In it went just before so we looked that, that one particularly. Yeah. yeah, that one particularly. Uh, oh, it was also the naivety to give the free kick away at that point. He went down yeah, like he'd been shot, though. To be fair, yeah, he did. I he mean, did. He, he looked he, like he'd been shot. Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's what you're there to do, though, isn't it? But I mean, that that's been. I mean, today as we record, um, the suggestion is is that Uri Kuchka is not going to be retained for a second year, which which will be an interesting kind of talk and debate. But he had he had like the Liverpool game, he had the Tottenham game, he had a number of things which like it went past the 80th minute. And then the the the, the guy was just knackered and he was trying his best to get there and he kind of got there as soon as he could really. But um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see whether or not people think we're going to miss Uri or, or, or what's going to be coming a bit later on. But Justin, many games you kind of, uh, you were seen on social media stomping out Oh often yeah, to the sound often to the sound of people kicking <laughs> pins behind you. Yeah, which yeah. Always what what was the one that made you scream the most? For me, it'll be take your pick from any of the five against Leicester yesterday. Um, they were dreadful. They were all dreadful. Goals. They were all really poor. I think the second one, the second goal, was possibly the worst. That sort of Keystone cops coming together of a couple of defenders and Jamie Vardy popping up to nod it home. So yeah, I mean, there's been so many. I think we've covered a lot of the. You know, the top 20 there. But yeah, any of the five yesterday, it was, I went on 70 minutes. As soon as the fourth goal went in, that's it. See you later. I'm not watching any more of this. Any of those. I love the, I love the fact we're talking about your favourite defensive error and you're saying we got a lot of the top 20. I mean, if that doesn't explain yeah, something about the season, I, know. I don't know what does. <laughs> well, it was 46 to choose from at home alone. So, uh, you know. Yeah, for me, the, the bit was recently, I was desperate to see another Britos challenge or like a Britos challenge on knock hard. That was brilliant. Wasn't where it? he took him out fully committed and yeah. I've missed that last yeah. season or well, this season, right? That type of committed defending. Head case, loved it. Couldn't have happened to <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but yeah and Holobass as well. We're missing need. a Holobass yeah, type character yeah. or yeah, yeah. absolutely. Can you imagine how many yellow cars Holobass would have got this season? Oh mate, it would have been terrible. He'd been, you know, forever banned, I think. He'd have just, broken his own record. Yes. Just on just on that as well, I don't think there's actually like I'm trying to think how I can describe it, but like a hard bloke, like a Britos, 
or like a proddle or a holobus. Like you look at it now, what's the platform? What is it? Camera, lovely bloke. Cavicelle, lovely bloke. Cathcart, lovely bloke. Feminia, lovely bloke. Holes in socks. There's, yeah, there's just no, like, the only, the only hard bloke I can think of would be like a Seralta, but not even, not even really. I don't think there's any leaders out there, Alec. That's the the, the, no. the biggest problem. There's nobody that can really grab hold of the game. And dare we say it, I, d- I don't want to keep dwelling on his name, but Mr. Dini, you know, somebody that, all right, he wasn't playing as much um, over the last couple of seasons, but he was certainly in and around the group to, to put an influence on him. And I, I think there's... There's a lot of that as well. There's no no real leaders in that that team. You know, I'd pick a captain for next season. I think the, you know, I think the failure. I think the failure to to replace Troy, be it as a centre forward even, or even mm. as a leader within the club, as one of the failures of of that came out of the preseason. I think I'd you agree. know, for me, mm. we go back to defence again. I think there was a complacency around recruitment because championship forwards don't seem to be able to put the ball in the net. So there, yeah. there was a feeling amongst the, the, the recruitment team that, well, why would we need any defenders when we've kept all these clean sheets in the championship? Anybody that watched any of those games, you know, as we all did, because they were, were all live, you know, at the time, you know, we still gave up chances, but they just didn't take them, you know, or, or Dan Backman, God bless him, you know, seemed to keep it out. But you don't get, you don't get that opportunity in, in the Premier League. And, you know, as we found out from 3-0 up, against Villa, you know, the game can soon soon sort of head away. And another five minutes in that game, we, we may well have not yeah, had yeah. had another had another three points. So for me, that was probably one of the... I've, I've made a, a small list of stuff and that was one that I think was glaring for me was the complacency over the defence. You know, the thought that Adam Messina was probably... I'm not picking on him in particular, but he was probably our first choice left back. And Danny Rose, in what universe? I'm not sure. We're, talk- we're, we're living in a time of multiverses. Who knows? But you know, in some multiverse, you know, he was he was the answer to everything. And uh, I think you know, for me, someone decided that he was going to slim down to size eight again, and and, and away we go. But that, that was never going to happen. And uh, you know, you look at you look at the rest of the defence. I said this Jason, on the way Jason, Jason, I'm sorry, I've got to interrupt here because you're talking about, you know, sci-fi and multi-universes and everything, but I can't possibly believe that Danny Rose was effective in any one of them. I'll, 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 have, I'll have everything in terms of the sci-fi stuff, but Danny Rose, my God, I hope he's no relation. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I can categorically tell you he's absolutely no relation. Um, yeah, um, what I would say, what I would say is I think I think there was a feeling that when we signed Danny Rose, we were signing the Danny Rose who got who helped get Tottenham to the Champions League final. Similarly, right. a few months, a few few months, weeks later, we signed Musa Sissoko, who somehow in his life has got seventy nine caps for France. <laughs> who knows? In um, a World Cup. I don't know. <laughs> Brown envelopes under table or something. I have no idea. But anyway, so again, there was this feeling that we 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 we'd sort of stolen a, a march on everyone, and we got these players in. They clearly hindsight's a beautiful thing, but they clearly weren't good enough, you know. And to give, I know it's, it's one of it's one of Uncle Ron's sort of favourites, but to give him a, 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 a Danny Rose a two year contract, madness, merely utter madness. It should, it should have been a pay as you earn, pay as you play type deal. It's easy for us to say now, but yeah, of course. That's, that's one of the things I think, you know, we had such a good defence in the championship. It got They got complacent and rather than say, what, we need to build on that, they've allowed it. And then, and then they've been scrabbling. They've been scrabbling. You know, they've got Nkulu in, who's only got one leg. You've got Samir, who's only got one foot. He can only kick with his left foot, you know, and, and, and you know, we've been scrabbling. From that moment on, we've been scrabbling. And I think, you know, that, and then to finally go back to Troy, 
to finish on Troy, you know, we, we, we just lacked a leader. You know, they gave, they gave the captain on man to, to Musa Sissoko. And it, I, I just don't see it. I've, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. And I, I've got top top supporting friend and he, he just couldn't believe it that we actually gave him the, the armband you know and it, I, I, I'm again it's another just recruitment I'm sure that everyone will get onto that at some point but that's been a failure you know leadership you know has been shocking you know the way the players meander their way out to the field they don't even huddle anymore you see other teams do the huddle I know there was a COVID issue and all that and they, they felt they weren't allowed to but it, it's just setting a tone setting a feeling around you know but there was none of that and that, no, that's true. That's true. And that really came to the fore for me when the um, diabolical defeat at home to to Norwich, when there was the um, floodlight failure, and there was a fifteen minute break. All of the Norwich players were doing drills and whatever. Yeah. And we just had we just had eleven strangers walking around on the pitch. But that came that did come from Ranieri as well because he just stood there and looked at them. And, yeah. and, but there, yeah. there was there was there was nothing, absolutely nothing. But the the, the Norwich players were all sort of warming up and doing drills, and I think pretty soon after the restart, they scored. And that's because they were they were ready and they, they were up for it, and we were still thinking, "Oh, the lights are come on." You know, and... <laughs> there's a, uh, sorry, there's a similar argument about the Tottenham game. You guys mentioned the Tottenham game. You know, yeah, nil yeah. nil, the game's drifting to nil nil. Mm-hmm. There was obviously that incident in in the uh, the, the Grand Taylor stand, which the players the players switched off. The players switched off. Now, a good captain would be going around. Knocking them around, smacking around the head, going, "Come on, get switch on, off we go." Within two minutes, we can see the free kick. Game's gone. You know, mm-hmm. it's all these little things. You know, I've been disappointed. I know it's his last. It was, you know, his last season with us. I've been disappointed with Ben Foster's sort of role in this. I don't think yeah. he's 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 vocal enough for a man so experienced. You know, Aurelio Gomez. We got far more out of Aurelio Gomez as a leader at his age than we we have with Ben. You know, I, I've I've loved love Ben Foster to death, but I've just feel that as a leader, we 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 haven't had that from him. You know, well, and, well um, he's had other interests, hasn't he? He's exactly. had other he's had other priorities. And, yeah, he, uh, he he's yeah. he's get, he's furthering his he's getting ready for retirement. Yeah. God bless him. You know, and I don't blame him. But if you look at it, if you take a step back and look at it, you know, did the, the average age of that? They're not children, not kids. You know, the, you know, you've got you know many many caps amongst them. You've got Ben in goal. You've got Craig Cathcart. You've got 50p Ed Cabaselli. You've got you know <laughs> um, Jeremy and Gaku is a lovely guy. I, I like Jeremy and Gaku. I hope he stays. I hope he's one of stays. And then cool. you've got hands in the air, Adam Messina. You know, it, 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 but play for Morocco. You've you've got a lot of experience there, but none of them take responsibility. I know I've taken up a lot of time on this, but no, 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 you're, you're, irritated well, me endlessly, basically all season that we haven't had a leader. You know, and so, um, Jay, just to go back to your point on Danny Rose about what he brings to it, I actually think he's detrimental. Well, on and off the pitch, detrimental because he's not going to be cheap, right? No. And if you're and if you're in that dressing room, you look around there, and you've got Danny Rose, whose figure probably resembles closer to mine than a professional footballer, and he's being paid, I guess, one at the higher end of the dressing room. Does that really pull a, a team together and a squad together? And it, it, I just think he it, it, actually has had an impact on it, but not a positive one, either on or off the pitch. And you're right, having someone that goes around the dressing room, giving it to them straight and with some honesty and driving accountability, and that's, that's been missing, right? Anybody that, that thinks different is, is proper deluded. No, I think I think I think you're, you're you're spot on there. I think there was there was also the fact that a number of players were brought in, presumably on some maybe kind of 
elements of kind of variable, you know, pay as you know, pay as you play sort of stuff. But I think that the couple of things that you said there, I think we haven't had somebody who in old money would put their foot in. I think we bought Sissoko in because we played against Brighton, if you recall, in that in that second away or the first away game, second game of the season. And we played a Tebo, we played cleverly and we played loser. And it was like, you know, as I've said before, Ed, I've, I've got I've got bedside lamps that tower over those three. Um so so it was we need to go and get somebody who's going to give us some physicality. And I think I think Sissoko has done his absolute kind of level best but he's not that kind of player and we've ended up running the ball an awful lot our running stats are ridiculous thus thus the king of nutmegs kind of stuff but we're not running it in the right areas other than other than dennis in his pomp you know we haven't seen sar run at anybody we, we kind of run the ball out of defense um in a kind of a strange way katie what because what, i think you were a you you quite liked a lot of what uh what sissoko brought to the team what, what what would you say in his defense so far i also just wanted to add to what i think it was what neil was yeah. saying about how and the mentality in the dressing room I think that goes for like every player as well saying how like if you see someone like Danny Rose sort of how he probably acted and how that was allowed to happen same with like Dennis and Saar there are players probably thinking they're allowed to play like this every week and they're still being picked they're still doing this like that probably again sets another whole feeling especially to the younger players like they're gonna think well I'm never gonna get a chance here because all these players literally are rubbish and I'm still not being picked because they're being picked because what, you know, they're these huge multi-million players, whatever. Like, I think that's such a, that can be really damaging for like young players. And they can't afford not to play them because they're financially committed to them. Yeah. No, that's a very um, good point. But for Sissoko, yeah, like I remember, I used to come on like the two spaces and be like, "Oh my god, like I love Sissoko so much, like he's been so good." And I think, I think, especially when under Ranieri, I think he played quite well. He he he's had some spells where he was, you know, he was always the last player to give everything. You know, he never ran out of steam at the end of the game. He was. You know, always running, always making challenges. But I do agree, he's not really a captain. He's not a Troy Deeney captain. He doesn't really take control of the um, of the pitch. He's never really saying to the players. He doesn't tell them what to do. He kind of lets them, you know, walk around. He's not he's not vocal at all. You never see him telling his players what to do. Even when, like for example, when you get a foul or something, or you think you've, there's been a foul. You should be going over to the ref. You should be getting in their face. You should be saying, no, like, it, it's a foul. It's this, it's this. Yeah, no one yeah. does No one does that. He doesn't do that. Whereas Dini was the first one getting all in his face, and he doesn't do that. But I, I do think it was, it was... Giving him captain was the odd choice in the first place because I do agree, like, he was a, he's, not, he's not been here for long. Like, normally it's someone who knows the club, like, mm-hmm. cleverly, the Kong, like, that, those types of people. It was odd to give it to him. I think he people say that he's been rubbish. I don't think he's been rubbish. I think he's he's been okay. But again, I think just giving him the the captain the armband was the wrong decision but in the first place. Well it was the, the slowest one to take a step back. That's how he got the captain <laughs> That's all it was, yeah. I need a volunteer, everyone step back and there he was. Yeah. Well, it probably was something like that. Yeah, yeah because right. he, I don't think he can speak English, can he? So he's like, What, what? And all of a sudden he's got the armband. Amazing. Musa Sissoko got the captaincy due to a lack of awareness. I'm liking this. This is very good. This is very good. So, hey, Peter, I think we, I think we had a captain and we let him go. I was about to say that. Literally, you know, he's at Crystal Palace. Yeah, he's, he's at Crystal Palace. Yeah. He, he, he would have been my captain all day long. Yeah, good all shout. day long. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's an argument to say as well that, you know, uh, I don't know what you guys felt, but certainly last year, 
uh, in the championship, one of the standout captain performances I felt was was Nathaniel Chalabar against Birmingham yeah, City. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, he wore the armband and he drove that team through to to that game. And again, there was someone else that you know we could have kept, and for whatever reason. They decided to let him go. He and, wanted to. Uh, I, yeah. Actually, I believe he wanted to go, mate. I think Salibar probably, probably did. I think Salibar probably to go. did. There Salibar was no choice for Chalabar. It was a done Will, deal. He wanted Will out. Hughes. Will Hughes was uh, Paolo Vanazza, his agent yeah. that um, yeah. Yeah. scuppered that. Neil mentioned it earlier on as well in terms of, you know, if you've got somebody like Danny Rose, who and these numbers can be, you know, contradicted by anybody. My understanding is he's on 60K. Right. So mm. it, it's going to be there or thereabouts it is because we got him for nothing and he's on a two year two year term. It should have actually been, as we said earlier on, a kind of a play as you play. My understanding with Sissoko is he's sitting on 80K a week and he's got obviously a relegation clause. But so he's going to he, he will go. But, it, you know, somebody's got to pick that up. We may end up picking up some of that. My my issue with that and especially especially with because let's face it. You know, pound for pound, Rose has been far worse than Sissoko, even at 80k. Was mm. that how much of that 60k could have gone in to make the deal for Will Hughes? Because to my exactly, understanding, exactly. To, to my understanding, he did. He was willing to stay, and the the numbers that that I've heard in terms of the numbers, it was more about the fact that if he signed the deal he was offered, and we got relegated, he was going to be materially on less than he would have been on his old contract. Yeah, and he's correct. 20 he's 26, it's his chance to make some money and yet yeah. he's been asked to commit to the club and so that you know for, for me take some of that money because it wouldn't have been an awful lot more and yeah, weigh it into yeah, there yeah, yeah. and you you got Will Hughes who's uh, I agree with I agree with everybody. But that that's that's that's, that's reverse this because we're talking about almost, almost positives. I know we're not really but what the heck. Um I think it's been the if there's been one phrase that we've said on the podcast and on the spaces, it's been all season. It's the hope that kills. So we're not going to ask you for your favourite win or your favourite performance. What we want to know is what has been the performance that has basically given you the biggest false dawn, given you your hope just to have it ripped away. And I think we'll start with uh, start with Neil, sir. What was the what was the performance that you thought, oh, this is going somewhere, and then oh no, it's not. Um- I guess the irony, it's got to be Man United. Oh, away. Man United away. No, yeah, at home. At home, when no, we home, won 4 home. 1. Yeah, well, yeah. You, you, you can take both. I mean, the, the home yeah. one's a bit of a go back to um, the parallel universe of your brain. That's what I think <laughs> I was for that game. It, it, you know, we were in Pozzo land, weren't we? Walking in a window. And it, yeah, because you, you came away going, oh my God, we've just absolutely dismantled them. And all right, they're not, they're not what they were, but they're still a decent side. And you yeah. look at the players they've got there and, that's a hell of a performance. And then you go, okay, that was that really was the tipping point. And it's just gone thundering downhill from there. Oh, that's a great call. And Jason, there's another vote for your multi-universe. You you may well end up winning this dem- democratically. Jason, got to be careful, in- but got to be careful not to mention it too much too many times because Marvel will be all over us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got to be careful. That's, that's true. We're all over their IP most of the time. Yeah, um, I, think we, I think we referenced Thor the other day, but that was just a Roy Hodgson interview. Never mind. Jason, what was the time when you thought, oh, actually, things might be looking up? Burnley oh. away. Uncle Roy's first game. I honestly thought I'd been sucked in. So we'd seen the Hive interview. I don't know if you guys, well, I assume you guys had seen it. And we'd all been sucked into the, bloody hell, this fella knows what he's doing. You know, it wasn't a bad performance. You know, he played 4-4-2. He kept it tight, 4-4-2. We should have had a penalty in that game, which, you know, know, we, we all agree on, you know. And, and you know, we came away from a very wet and windy turf ball with a point. And you thought, oh, hello. 
something could be happening here. And then it all just unraveled over a, 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 a long, what seemed to be a long period of time. But certainly that was, for me, the, 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 the full storm. I think, you know, obviously we'd had the Norwich game. I think I think most of us were there. I mean, speaking to some of my friends and that, you know, we started to get the feeling that it was all going a bit south then. And then obviously, but then Roy came in with Ray and they, they we saw the training ground things where they're talking about, you know, they, they seem to be saying the right things. And then, you know, obviously had the Burnley game and it seemed to be going well. But then, as I say, it, it was just a bit of a slow decline over that, you know, over that period, you know, that was, that was it for me, you know. So so the, the bit that gave you hope was Roy Hodgson coming in and Roy, Roy Hodgson's tenure corrected that. <laughs> Ian Bacon, sir, Mr. Ian Bacon, sir, what, what, what moment made you think, oh, hold on, I might not go to the pub after all. And then went, yeah, no. <laughs> it was the um the away game at Newcastle because at the time we was right close with them and Jao Pedro scored that cracking header at the end which was my goal yeah. of the season actually yeah. and that was just such an important win that kept us close to them and I thought yeah we can really kick on from this we now. got a point didn't we yeah, yeah we drew yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we drew one all yeah and I thought we we could really kick on from that but I really hope that that result would give the players the confidence that I felt at the time and then. Um, seven days later, we was brought back down to earth. But that, yeah, Newcastle away for me. It was South, we, we played Southampton because uh, uh, I, I think I'm right in as much as the boots that we've all just given away to uh, uh, to, to Gary Wolf and to Olivier Edwards, respectively, were those the boots, boots that he wore yeah. in the Newcastle and then in the Southampton game. There you go, which we which we lost one nil. He, he didn't play very well and got taken off at half time. There you go, um, <laughs> Alex. Alex, what, what what moments gave you hope? <laughs> and uh, other than obviously the the shirts from Emmanuel Dennis, or I don't know, there may be a tale involving those they, shirts from Emmanuel Dennis. Those, yeah, but I think that is still one of the greatest highlights of the season. I think I had a couple of games. I keep saying multiples, but um, I think like generally the first half against Villa, I was like, hang on a minute, we're not as bad as I thought we might be. So I say the first forty-five minutes of the season, and then it was, and then as soon as I went to three-two, I went, oh, hang on a sec, there we go. Um, and then uh, when we played Chelsea at home. Um, and we had an identity of pressing them. The Vic was bouncing, I thought, on that night. I think uh-huh. one of the best atmospheres I've been at the Vic in a while for. Um, we equalised through Dennis. Um, and we lost 2-1, but I still left that game and can hang myself. We're pressing teams quite early. We attacked the Rookery first half, which I thought was a, I think it was a tactical thing for Manieri, that I'm pretty sure. Um, and then, and then yeah, like a couple of weeks later, it just went. I just, I couldn't believe it. I, you know, I remember when the Vic used to be I think Gurdon Klopp said three years ago, he thought the Vic was like a fortress. He hated coming here. And that pressing start against Chelsea, it was an identity under Van Yera, and I thought it was going to be very effective, I'll be honest with you. I was very excited with that. And then it, the life just got sucked out of it. So that was my false hope. I think I think one for me was during the Man United game, not just the Man United home game, but was the fact that Saar, who's, his, his body language is just all over the place. He's just a big, sulky toddler most of the time. Mike Walters take notice of the appropriate use of the word toddler. Um, he was, you know, just, oh. And he misses not one, but two takes of the penalty. He then gets the goal and you go, ah, you can see him growing. And then bloody Solskjaer doesn't play Van Der Beek all season, but brings him on just long enough to absolutely ruin the kid again. And that was, that was it. It was like, oh, we're up, oh, we're up. Oh no, we've lost the 30 million pound signing. And it was, it was, akin to losing Delafayu against Liverpool. Great result. We went on and got a great result, but we lost one of those those players who looked like they were really coming into some form. Possibly, possibly. But again, it's the hope that kills. Carlos, uh, what was the moment that uh, that got you screaming, other than 
last game, obviously. Yeah, apart from that, uh, I, I think where the hope came was Villa away winning 1 0, um, and then getting absolutely torn apart by Crystal Palace at home just after. Because coming away from Villa Park was probably the first time all season that I'd actually felt we'd, we'd put a shift in. And we'd actually... Hey, hey Carl, we had a cuddle at uh, Villa, didn't we? We did. We did. We, well, there we, you go. That's my, that's my highlight. You like season, bigging this up, uh, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the third time you've mentioned this. Saw, He's not that cuddly, on, I've got to yeah, say. Yeah. I saw him yesterday. Yeah, I tried yeah. to give him a cuddle yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he hadn't had enough beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny what beer does to you, Greg. You go all cuddly and mushy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think that game. I think um, as a fan base, as a, as a group, I thought we, we were all together that day. Anybody that was there, I know there's a couple of people, obviously, who I'm looking at currently that were there that day, and it was um, you know what that felt like that game. Once we come out of that, we were yeah, loud. We, it, we it was were, incredible. Yeah, yeah. And then just to go on to Palace, thinking that all we have to do is just have the same intensity. That's all we need to have. Just just turn up and and do what we did against Villa. And it didn't happen. And we just fucked it. And it, it just and then I've, I've just spent all season going. This is a must win. This is yeah. a must win. Next game. This is a must win. I'm fed up with this is a must win. I, I just I, I I've lost the, the the love for this season. And it, it's the first time that I, I can honestly remember in a, in a hell of a long time where I'm so happy it's over. I'm so glad. I go. I fly out to Lanzarote on Wednesday, and I am not giving a shit about football for at least two weeks, and then we'll see where we go. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to twenty-five times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code Football and get your first deposit instantly matched up to one hundred dollars. Go to pricepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Greg, Mr. Thika, Wendover Orn, he's known by all of these names. <laughs> so what, what was the moment that made you go, yes, with an imminent no as a chaser? Well, I think there were quite a few of them because, you know, we should have been dead and buried at Christmas. But the way the league panned out this year, we you know we 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 kept being in there with a chance. One of them, yeah, Carl's already brought up Villa when we were celebrating and we thought we were there. The other one was early in Ranieri's tenure uh, away at Everton. I had a great night out on the on the Sherbets after that one. Uh, <laughs> a, a great weekend in Everton, uh, and we played really well, uh, you know, in that second half. But Josh King looked like he gave a you know what and I think he gave a you know what because of what happened the previous season at Everton I think if he looked like that in every other game he might have scored a few more goals so I'll yeah I'll go for Villa Villa away and uh, and uh, Everton away Go to the um, three things hopeful as daft as you like doesn't really matter. What are your hopes? Don't want don't want realism. What are your hopes? If you can have a wish list of three, Alex is going a wish list of three. I can do threes, but what are your what are your three things that you might want to have next season? What would you be looking for? What would you be hoping for? And what would you be praying for? Right, I'm going to go creation my first one. Oh, look at this. I'd like a black hole to appear in the centre spot 
This is good. It's the universe again. Jason, I'm taking your multiverse and raising you. Oh, this is excellent. So into my black hole in the sense what goes the pozos and all those parasites that go with them um, because once you get pozo in the rest are guaranteed to go Mowgli the fucking agent from hell goes straight in there dressed up as a chimp hold on hold on um, is this a black hole or is this a portal to hell either either excellent I, I, okay I, I that <laughs> we like to clarify these things it takes any of the players that are currently listed as a defender, yeah, and, and I think that would do for a start, because I think even a black hole would get full after that lot. So that's the first one. That's the first um, one. Brilliant. This was the hopeful round, and he's got right. Portal to hell. Come on. I've leveraged my black hole. Now, that still doesn't come across that well, does it? Um, I'd, I'd like us to... I, I try to go to the positive side of it. Good. Sign Declan Rice. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, let, let's be honest. We 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 were we were we were vaguely with you with the with the black hole possibility, but the Declan Rice seems stretched. Gary, why why are you signing Declan Rice and where are you playing him? Well, I, I, for a start, he could play anywhere in our in our current squad and look as an improvement. In um, fairness, he'd have to circumnavigate the portal from hell around the penalty spot, but or around the centre spot. But other than that, he's well, good to go. He could do that. No, it's for, no, but I, no, I, I was going all out on on, on signings. Just say a, a quality um, of signing that, that that's fit to wear the shirt. And the other one, I, I'd actually make sure that we've got some kind of test in place that that tests the character and the heart of anyone that, that yeah, signs a yeah, playing yeah. contract at the club. Right? Um, and I don't know how you can do that, but. For me, that's you ask you ask them what you think of Luton. But Neil, you're right. As GT used to do, he knew, he knew their wife's shoe size the, the day they signed. He knew he did a he did. He, I think he used to stalk them before you know before they put pen to paper. He knew them back to front. Yeah, but it's, yeah, exactly. And it's it's not just a, a YouTube clip clip of their highlights that this this dodgy agents provided and. A, a, a brown envelope that accompanies it allegedly, but just a real understanding of who we're getting as a person, and and go back to the ways that get, you know, or try to get them into the community. And actually, here you go. This is what I want. I want to have a connection back with the the playing team on the and the squads. So all the signings buy into that rather than just the mercenaries on the outside. Oh, everybody there. I mean, you know, Neil there. I mean, you know, start started off with you know some realism around black holes and the like. And then ended up with uh, everybody sitting around lacing daisies into each other's hair. I like that a lot, Neil. Superb stuff. Let's go to Alex because he'll have three ready, and I'm sure everybody is just getting theirs. Alex, sir, what would your three think? What would your three hopes be for for next season? I'm going to keep them hopefully quite serious. Well, not serious, but you know, what fit it into the day. Um, anyway, um, so, well said. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> By the way, in this multi-universe, there is no black hole any longer in the pitch. You don't have to Fantastic. worry about that. So I think number one for me would be um, kind of emergence of an academy star. I'd really like that. Young, the player of the season always came out, you know, on, on Sunday. And the guy who won young player of the season, I think, has been on the bench twice this season, which is just not on for me, really. Um, so I'd like an, an academy star. Cool. Um, I have a moment for that. Um, I'm really looking forward to playing, hopefully, I assume, it would be very Watford not to do this, but hopefully play three at the back again. I've had some of my best memories watching Watford play three at the back, like kind of 2012, 2013 under Zola. So you're pleased with Mr. Edwards' appointment and the likelihood of a 3 4 1 2? Yeah, I think it's a, it's, in a, it's tactically innovative, and I don't think we've seen that in a while, to be honest. Good. Um, Good and then 
I think I think the final hope would be um, we sit here a couple of things have come out about Etoba maybe not being a permanently or, or Kuchka I think it's the fact that I think they recognise that they need to probably remove about 20 different players and I think that's quite exciting as a football fan because you know that the people you watch this season aren't going to be here next year that's sort of yeah that's sort of my positive takeaways I'd say so literally a spring clean yeah literally I think that's quite an exciting thing as a, a football fan that you know your club's going to Definitely can to try and rectify. This is fantastic, sir. Here, sir. What are you hoping to see from the championship next well, year? Well, just moving on from what Alex said, I'd noted down um, youth players as as number one. Cool. And we've seen um, the likes of Hungbo's won every award that there is going in Scotland. Matty Pollock looks very not, exciting. Matty Pollock may not necessarily um, start, but you don't know. But he won youth player as well at Cheltenham. Yeah. Um. This this season. So yeah, def- definitely. Um. An emergence of youth players. Um. I'm looking forward to having a manager that gives a shit. Um. And one that um is rather than one who's sitting on the bench keeping the seat warm, who's doing that you see like Pep or or Klopp or anybody else do is patrolling the touchline and and giving his orders to to the team and and whatever and in, encouraging them. So I'm looking forward to that. And you know just a a wholesale change of the, of the team really and a playing philosophy that I think will come with with Edwards as as well. Um I think he will engage with the fans. I think it was good to see that he gave away the supporter of the season award yesterday. I thought um for once um our media team might have got something right there. And so yeah that's that's mine. But yeah youth players and and the emergence of the manager and then the the, the squad around around the manager. Because it was spoken about quite a few times about the culture at the club that needs to change and I, and I think that's right. But the first thing that needs to change is the culture of the manager and the and the players and a lot of reason I think why the players are they why they are why they are yes partly they they're not good enough obviously but they're just following the lead of the last couple of managers that they've had at least with Cisco he was energetic he was on the touchline he 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 got he got the fans and would we still have gone down if we kept with Cisco probably but I think we we'd have we'd have been in a better place within it if that makes sense mm-hmm. um um and we'd have you know been going into the last game, possibly needing the points to stay up or whatever, rather than, you know, almost being relegated since Christmas, it feels like. Fair comment. Fair comments. Good yeah. call. Good calls, everybody. Great. Katie, what would you what would you say were your, were your three kind of uh, wish list items for, for next season if you could uh, if you if you were Scott Duxbury or Gino Pozzo for a day? No, let's not make you Gino Pozzo. You might you might do something might just go, no, I'd sack Scott Duxbury. No. What would you all three things be? I'd probably kind of whatever I'm saying like time for the manager. Um I think we've taken a risk with him, but he needs to be given time and but yeah, he needs time. Um cool. I really want a goal scorer, someone who is, you know, kind of like how Dennis was in our first but in his little purple patch, yeah. someone like him, like even when we were still losing games, that period where it was like um, Chelsea, when we played Chelsea City, all those, that whole top here with Ranieri and he was scoring so many goals, even though we were losing, still felt like we were kind of, we'd leave the games feeling quite like uplifted because we were like, oh, well, we've got Dennis and he's going to get us out of this. I want someone like him, but someone who's more like committed to the club and like, you know, I mean, I mean, I think Michelle Pedro could be that person, but he's just not quite there yet. I think we need like someone like Dini, but not Dini, someone who, you know, will be in the box every time there's a ball being crossed in and will just score those goals. And I think we need like a leader, like a proper leader who gets the club, understands the club, wants to be here, doesn't care about looking for another move or they're just fully focused on um, Watford. And I think, 
those are such three key things that we're, we've been missing. Oh, this is this is this is good stuff. I think it's time for us to revisit this multiverse and the the various different options that it might provide us. Jason, sir, what do you think you would have for your in, in your in your multiverse wish list? Well, I'm going to be boring because I am oh. boring. <laughs> Fundamentally, I'm just a boring person. But no, number one on top of my list, and I said this when I walked up Occupation Road yesterday after the game was. I just want to enjoy my football again. You know, at the end of the day. Amen to that. Yeah. Absolutely. Know, I have, you know, since whatever the November, whenever the United game was, it feels like the energy has just been sucked out of me. Like, uh, to use another to use another sort of uh, film, you know, in Indiana Jones, when the, the life force gets sucked out of him. That's how I felt basically every single home game to the point of, I think it was the Burnley game where I just felt like I was a skeleton walking up the walking up. I just had enough. I just I was done. Weekend at Burnley, sat in on the bench, sat on the bench, just done my head in. So I just I just want to I just want to enjoy. We've got twenty three home games next year. I just want to enjoy them. I just I just want to come out. You know, I I I, I travel to and from uh, Vicarage Road from Didcot. I now live in Didcot, huh? and, I, I, and that that hour and a quarter journey after I've dropped my dad off on the Tudor I just want to go home and I just want to I just want to enjoy it I just want to enjoy that drive home rather than turning off six or six turning off I do listen to you guys now but you know you know I don't want to I don't want to talk about it I don't want to listen to it I don't want to hear about it you know there's no I mean apparently there's this program called Match of the Day never heard of it myself but you know it was on every Saturday night I, I don't know I've never heard of it but you know what I just want to enjoy it again so that's number one number oh. one fundamentally I want to get back to enjoying my football. I think everybody's nodding their head with that one. Go on in. What's yeah. number two? Um, number two, we touched on it, the connection. I want a connection. I, I, I've lost connection with the club, you know, through just mismanagement, really, uh, and, and complacency. I'll go back to that word again, complacency yeah. from the hierarchy. There's no connection. There's, there's no connection. We, we're all suffering from it. I think, you know, or to the point where, you know, I go back to the petty days. I go back beyond that. But the petty days, you know, people were storming, storming the flaming director's box for less. We, we seem to have just sort of taken it. And I don't know why. It's, it's, a, it's a strange one. But, you know, I don't know whether that's a, a sort of a bit of a leftover from COVID where we're, we're all a little bit sort of, I don't know, not quite with it. But mm-hmm. certainly for me, I want to... I wanna, I want a connection with the players again. You know, is, is it any surprise when you think about it? You know, there isn't really a chant for most of the players. You know, Ismail Assar's been at the club and you could argue one of our best players. There isn't really a chant for him. You know, as my as my best mate who sits next to me at the game said yesterday, Luther got the biggest chant yesterday. Mm. You know, like bloke hasn't bought Watford shirt in, what, 30 years? And he got the big, he got as big a chant as any Watford player yesterday. You know, it's, we, we've got, and, you know, We've got the management thing going on as well, you know, but certainly the players, when you look at the players, there isn't really a chance. You know, there's a there's a mumbled one they do for Emmanuel Dennis, which is quite funny, but it is all a bit mumbled because no one really knows the, knows the words. It's too bloody long. Yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> you know. Alex is fuming. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just you know. I don't agree that whatsoever. Yeah, so yeah, for me, it's connection, you know, connection, yeah. and that will come. I think, you know, Edwards cool. did did more in two minutes, stood on the side of the pitch, shaking hands, and Uncle Roy's done in God knows how long, eighteen games, or it's felt like half my life. But yeah, and, so and and, and the last one really is purely a personal one, which is uh, some new away days, new away days. I get the chance to finally go to Bramall Lane. Never been a Bramall Lane, and uh, the Riverside, 
So uh, for me, that's a bit yeah. of a you're selfish in for a, one. You're in for a right old treat there, Jason. Those two. I can't there wait. But see, I've been. <laughs> see, the thing is, I've been everywhere else. When you look down the championship, I've been. I've done them all, and you know, over the years, I've done them all. And you think, well, where can I go? Where can I go? And it's only Bramwell Lane, really, and the Riverside that actually I haven't done. So purely from my own personal point of view, I, I, I do hope they're not on a Tuesday night. Then I hope. Well, they're I, Saturday I, I've, games. I've laid a bet with one of my mates. It's going to be Sky on a Friday night. So, yeah, um, something like that. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be some nightmarish journey, but uh, yeah, so th- th- that's that's it really. So I, I love I love it on this pod because we always get things like uh, well, you know the the uh, we, we thought we thought the question about uh, you know multiverses were kind of strange until he suddenly wanted to go to Middlesbrough. I mean, why would any you know in any universe why would Cost, Costadel Middlesbrough? Costadel. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. But wow. I, as many of you guys have been all over the country following the guys, you know, and in, in, and I've been to some. Well, we've all been to some real hellholes, oh, yeah. and I, I just, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you get to the point where you look down, you start looking down the list, and you think, well, where haven't I been? And when it gets to the Riverside and Bramall Lane, you think, yeah, there's probably a reason. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll quality see. stuff, quality stuff. Who haven't I picked on for this, Greg? I haven't come back to you for this one, have I? No, and, no, uh, no. And Justin. Justin. And Justin. Justin, let's go to you, sir. Then we'll go to Mr. Thika and Carlos. And then we're going to end with the final question, which will would will literally be a, a one-line answer, I think. Go on, Justin. What are, your, what are your three things? Hoping to get to see a game for 90 minutes rather than stomping off down the road going, <laughs> Mate, bloody hell. My patience is getting thinner and thinner as, as, as we go. My first thing is communication from the club. That needs to be improved a lot. It's yeah. very standoffish. It's uh, They live in a bit of a vacuum. Uh, there's no sort of backwards and forwards between comments on social media. You need to get more involved with the fans. You yep. need to show humility. So that would be my first thing. My second thing would be to actually stick with this manager, come what may, just to see. Amen. You've got to stick with him. You've got to give him a chance. You can't just sack him after seven games. It's just, it's not. It's not a good thing. So, yeah, that would be uh, probably uh, my second thing. Uh, and my third thing is uh, the mystery of um, Harriet Hornet. Uh, I'd like that cleared up. I'd like to see. We, we know where she is. Oh, we do, yeah. do we? Yeah. yeah. She's, she's under the, the pitch. She's in, the, she's in the foundations of the serial. Yeah, oh, that's actually been confirmed that. now, has it? Okay. Well, we don't. <laughs> I'm waiting wow. for Harry the Hornet to comment. Well, he's been very quiet, very tight-lipped on that, yeah. hasn't he? So, yeah. I, I have heard suggestion that Harriet is simply Harry with with eyelashes. Applied. No, that no. could be with a marker. That man. could be Who the would? thing. That but can't be right. To extrapolate on that slightly, uh, some sort of halftime entertainment or pre-match entertainment. Um, these 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 guys pre-match coming out. Video. Pre-match video. We need that, that was video great. Back. Yeah, yeah. The nah, pre-match video was great. Absolutely. Out, yeah. But the, the, the thing is, this halftime thing where they're talking to ex-players, you can't hear can't what hear they're saying. Them. You can't hear them. You can't hear them. You can't hear them. Yeah, they they interviewed. Who was it who got the uh, young player uh, yesterday? Um, oh, Shaq, Ford. Shaq Ford. Shaq, Shaq Ford. Yeah. Couldn't hear what he was saying. You know, <laughs> Tim Coombs is going, what do you think? Are you happy with this? And we could just, so get rid of that. Let's, let's go back to halftime shootouts or, uh, dizzy kicks or, you know, do- dogs, dogs jumping through, through the hoops fire. of fire. That was, yeah. I used to band. love all that. Jazz that brilliant. Jazz band, anything, anything other than these legends Raksu. that come out. Raksu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That was another quality <laughs> moment. Do you remember, was it Brian Connolly came on? Uh, yeah. Dangerous Brian. He came on once. Yeah. Brian, he was... did. Yeah. 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 So those are, those are my sort of three and a half, I think. Mr. Thika, sir, three things you're hoping three for. Three things. Well, I'm going to three give things. you more than three, but I'm going to be really quick, okay? I agree with all the deeper... 
I, I love, I love you. No, I'm not going to apply to your rules. I, I'm going to make my own up, but I'm going to speak quickly. Well, that's shut right. up, Peter. I'm going to say this quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree with all the deeper things that people have mentioned about connection and etc. 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 But I just want to give you seven signings that I, th- that I think we should make. And that, seven. And, oh and they are all available for free, <laughs> apart from one. Yeah. One of them's Matty. One of them's Matty Vidra. No, he's, he's injured. injured yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I want to be buying him. Okay. Quickly, Kane Wilson, Forrest Green, free transfer, Check. out of Check. contract. John Swift, Reading, out of contract, buy him. Barry Bannon, Sheffield Wednesday, out of contract. Ryan Fredericks, out of contract, buy him. Jake Clark-Salter, Chelsea, out of contract, buy him. Roman Sace, Wolves, out of contract, there's your captain, buy him. Look at that, everybody. A staunch refusal to listen to any of the rules of this nonsense. <laughs> if anybody's earned it, Greg has. Staying, stay, staying forever fiercely positive in the, uh, you know, and countering, countering the, the, the wonderful Seth Lord that is Sir, Sir Rupert. Excellent. I love it. Seven yeah. questions. Brilliant. Carl, Can I give a what, silly one as well? I mean, why stop at seven? I mean, you yeah, know, this, yeah, just there, carry on. There's <laughs> bigger numbers. On, to give us a bit of identity, I think we need a Watford song. Some Something played before the game with Watford lyrics in it. GT's favourite Elton John song was Are You Ready For Love? Yeah. Re- reword that with some football, like Are You Ready For Goals? Or something like that. That's... <laughs> uh, that's that. That's my silly one. Oh, this is good, Carlos. Sir, I what don't, are you, what I are don't your, really know what how your to three things. That. What are your three <laughs> things? <laughs> the pressure's <laughs> really on there. After seven free signings and a song, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and a song. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like the idea of a song. Uh, I, I think just to, to kind of, I'll probably sum it up a little bit. It is everything and the song. Uh, I, I think um, recruitment needs to be addressed heavily, which kind of digs digs into what what Greg's just said there. Yeah, the connection to the club. I've never felt more disconnected from the club. And I I think there's so many of us that do. You know, some people don't care. That's just the way they are. But for for me, you know, the the draw of going to Vicarage Road and everything that, you know, that feeling when you're walking up Vicarage Road, it's not there at the moment. Uh, And and I'm desperate to get that back. You know, I want to be going to games, looking forward to them, not, you know, I'm doing the match day vlogs and I've, I've just lost the arse with it. Because I know what's coming, and it, it's really hard to, to to get up for things like that. And I, and I think the, the the biggest one for me is what Justin said, and giving this manager time, giving this guy or the coach, should I say? Can't call him a manager. Give this guy the time and the patience, but not just from uh, from the board or, or from Scott Duxbury or anyone like that, but also us, also us as fans to give to give him time because there's going to be periods where we're not playing well. And, it, and we really do need to be behind them because, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, I think we have all really got used to this situation at the club where managers come and go and, and there's that disconnect. And I'd, I'd really feel bad if it was coming from us. You know, it flips it flips on its its head after seven games and we're three points, you know, we've got three points or whatever. So there, there, there's it's got to be all, you know, I want us to be all together. And that, that's the thing, that, that family that family group again. That's the biggest thing for me. I, I, I know what I think the song should be. I know what I think the song should be. And you, you mentioned Graham Taylor earlier on. But his his song that was played at the, the Middlesbrough, we go back to Middlesbrough. Jason, we've gone full circle here. We're back at Middlesbrough. This is good. When when we played, and Middlesbrough were outstanding that day. I mean, that, the, the fans were wonderful, obviously. And they played Raining in My Heart. 
yeah, by Buddy Holly. Yeah, the sun yeah. is out, the sky is blue, there's nothing there to spoil the view, but it's raining, raining in my heart. If that are, if that isn't the lyrics for Watford, I don't know what bloody is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For a start, I, and it's... I, and it's I, I do know a great song, I, I forget if I've got the, uh, the, the... I think, in fact, Peter, you wrote it. Was it uh, Sam... <laughs> Sandwich in the Bin? Sandwich in the bin. Yeah, yeah. The thing, yeah, the other thing that I'm looking forward to next season, and I'll, I'll call this one out as my one as well, is um, sometimes obviously when we do the spaces and and the the guys who come on from the spaces, which we've got many regulars here, and thank you so much for joining in and listening in and all of that. It's been fantastic. But there's there's a thing between me and Justin, which normally goes on just before the spaces, because Carl's normally at the game, normally somewhere having a fight with public transport quite often, and um, and Justin goes. The last time when we won Southampton, we won at Southampton 2-1 away. And we went, oh, I'm not sure anybody's going to really want to talk about this because it's like, because we've done well. What, what are we going to do? There's going to be nothing to moan about. And at that point, Katie comes on and we go, Katie, what's the atmosphere like? And she says, oh, I don't know. There's bloody kids everywhere. That's what we want. Um, That's what we want. Somebody uh, who uh, this, there this, was a lot of kids in Southampton. I agree, Katie. There well, was, it was just kids everywhere. <laughs> and the guy behind me told my dad to stop swearing because his child was there. And I'm thinking, this is an away day. What do you expect? Like, don't bring your child. Hey, you should have said, oh, fuck off, mate. Fuck <laughs> off. Literally, like, I was so, like, I was like, we're, like I literally was just like, what, what are you even saying? Like, it's just oh, so yeah. stupid. I, I, I'm, I'm, sure Uncle Ron, I'm sure Uncle Ron could have found something to moan about as well. Oh. Yeah, and he would have done it in a very eloquent way as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, there have been some good points. We have seen the return of Anne Swanson and indeed the Junior Hornets, which, of course, this segment of the show isn't necessarily sponsored by bloody kids, (laughs) etc. Why do you mean? Anyway, that's all good. But I'm going to finish off bloody kids. I'm pretty sure (laughs) sure it's Junior Hornets Day at Chelsea. I'm pretty sure it's Junior Hornets Day at Chelsea next week as well. I'll have something to say when I see them. When I see them. Get rid of the ticket somehow. I'd yeah, love to yeah. see a boat going up the Thames with 300 under eights on it. That'd be great. Junior <laughs> Hornets Day. Take them to Chelsea. Watch us get done 9 0. <laughs> yeah. And they're this never going to be interested. This is what it's like being a Watford what fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just pan over to me and my, pan over to me and my <laughs> mate saying, don't drink in 10 years, lads. You must be. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Okay, we're going we're gonna to finish off with one last question each. And you, you, you're going to get to basically pose a question. The scenario is this. Like Carlos and like Justin, only unlike Justin, you're not breaking in unwittingly to the supporters committee, which went down really well, I think, with everybody. Oh, yeah, that was a real treasure. You're welcome. You're welcome. What what question would you like to pose to Scott Duxbury and who knows, perhaps... Carlos and uh, and whoever else breaks into said secret meeting may pose these very questions. What question would you like to ask Scott Duxbury? And we're going to start, I think, with Mr. Ian Bacon. What would you like to ask Scott? Justify Mogi Bayat. Brilliant. Oh, we straight there in go. there with yeah, that, that Boom. There are not enough mics for me to drop. Brilliant. <laughs> Genius. Well done. Excellent. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Where's Jason? Where's Jason? Are you off my screen? Jason, sir. No, what's gonna here. be what's gonna be your question? Other than how do I get to Didcot from Croxty Group? No, go on. What's gonna be your question? What's the quickest way home? Um, I mean I've been to some of the old fans forums where people used to ask the most mundane questions, but they're just ridiculous. There, there was a few at the last one, mate. Let me assure you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it literally got to the I, I remember one in particular where Viali was there and they could have asked basically anything and uh, they somebody I stood up and asked about sausage rolls which was really quite odd 
yeah, I don't know. For, for me, it's just, Scott, mate, are, are we the best of the rest? What was that Ooh, all about? Oh, that's nice. That's kind of a question, but kind of pulling him up. Yeah. I like this. I like this very much. We're going to go, Mr. Mr. Greg Theaker. We've, we've thrown him a couple of difficult questions. We've asked him about previous kind of ambitions. We've asked him about, you know, Iranian French agents of dubious providence. What would you ask, sir? Okay, let me find a stupid one. Um, can we have red shorts, please, Scott? Yeah, that's not stupid. That's a that's a good question. Red yeah. shorts is a must. Watford always get promoted in, in red shorts, and this new yeah. shirt looks rather nineteen eighty two. Ivico Retro, let's have red shorts with it and it will look spot on. I mean, to be honest with you, that's that's rather good for you. So, I mean, so far, you've you've staunchly refused to answer the questions we've asked. <laughs> and you've gone, no, I suggest we reformat this to the free transfer questions. That's brilliant. Katie, what, what what's going to be your question other than who are all these kids and why are they here? Yes, why do you keep inviting <laughs> kids to random away days? No, um, I'd probably ask, like, what are your long-term goals for the club? Like, where do you see us? Where do you want us to be in five years? Like, are you working towards long goals, not just kind of like, here's a manager that can keep us up for six six months. Like, what what do you want us to be, like, in, you know, five years or so? Do we want to be? These are all good questions. Alex, uh, Alex, what are you going to ask him? Are you going to ask him, have you got any framed Emmanuel Dennis shirts? Because I've, I've got this big gap where a door might be. Um, what, what I might ask is, can Uncle Ron come? Because I would pay money to watch Uncle Ron versus the Dutch. But <laughs> Me in, too. In, in, in another one, um, love you, Ron, if you listen, by the way. Uh, great, I'm a massive fan. Another thing I'd ask is, uh, when do you think, results didn't go your way next year, would you potentially consider resigning? And I, I don't mean that in a get-out-of-the-club thing, but if you if you come out and say, I'm, I'm Sam Uko is one of my best mates, and he said, Sam Uko, look, we're trying to win the league next year. So if you keep promising us to world, when do you think it's appropriate maybe that you move on? Seriously, still think you're the man that's right for the job? No, Alex, I would, I would counter that by saying, why would Scott have to resign? He's not well, the one that buys the players. I just think it's somebody who operates the, you know, I, 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 still, I you can't get rid of the owner. I don't agree with Gina Pozzo, but the man below that, the man who I assume he's employing to try and oversee a lot of that footballing side would be the man of the learn, which is Scott. Uh, unless I'm unless I'm wrong in that one. He, but... he, he runs the company. He doesn't run the footballing side of operation. But still, the, the company's still not profitable. Well, it's, you know, it's not a traffic not profitable, but if it's not being successful, then we'll, what we'll come, change? We'll yeah. come to that. No, we will come to that because I'm my question is going to be around the accounts because I think it's a I think it's a very reasonable question. Carl, Justin, you've already got in. You've already had your becks. You've already had your buffet. What are you going to be asking him, Justin? Mine would be a purely selfish thing for the podcast, and that would be, could you have a word with Mr. Elton John and see if you can get him on a podcast? I've written to agents. I've, he has. Um, yeah, I've, I've exhausted my <laughs> list of people that possibly you, know him. And, uh, yeah, so that would probably be my, uh, my my selfish question. I also have asked Mr. Duxby to come on a podcast, but it has to be run past somebody else first. So that would be mine, I think. I have to say, if you could get if you get Sir Elton on here, be mate, his, his, uh, his podcast with Troy, Troy was particularly pleasurable. Yeah, I, I really good. enjoyed that. I thought it was yeah. very good. There was lots of little tidbits in there which were really good. It, it, it'd be nice, but obviously... You know, he's. Uh, I've done it all, mate. We've we put it out on local radio. We uh, sent when a pigeon. We, yeah, well, yeah, that's about the only thing I think we haven't done. But I've done <laughs> everything. Stalk him. Can you go over to Windsor and stalk him? Well, yes. I, I think he we've lives put, in Georgia we've put now. Put things outside his house. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, you can't do that. 
No, no, I've tried everything, really. In all seriousness, do you, do you think he might... Do you think he's a listener? Do you, do you think... I think I think he's going to have a lot of free time soon because he's not going to be doing a lot of touring anymore. So, so, so I'll tell you what, Jason, just, just to, to some... When we started this, mm. just to get somebody like uh, Nigel Gibbs or anything like that was mind-blowing for us because oh, there yeah, was totally. never... There was never so. Me and Justin are basically in the realm of fuck it. Let's just ask everyone. Just ask everyone. The, yeah. yeah, the worst I can say is no, or you get ignored. So it's just. Yeah, I've got to say, I most think... people just, just just to cut away have said yes. There's only been a couple that have either sort of been warm to it and then gone off the or, idea, or asked for money, or asked for money. <laughs> Have uh, you asked Mogi Bayat? I haven't. Have Bayat? No, I haven't we asked Mogi. We, we'll try that. We'll, well, yeah, let's I'll, try Mogi. I'll get on to that after this. Yeah, I'll yeah, get yeah. Onto that. Let's, let's have Mogi. Yeah, I'm not sure how open he'll be to some of the questions we like to ask him. But uh, yeah, no, so uh, yeah, the whole celebrity guest thing, we, we kind of exhausted the list. I did speak to Tommy Mooney yesterday, actually, and he's, um, hmm. he's, he's, he's keen. He's just got to run it past yeah. the club. So that would be mine anyway, to try and get Ivor Elton. Or, or, or Scott onto a, to a podcast. So we can do the punters' questions thing and uh, get people to ask their questions. Good stuff. Carlos, what are you, what are you going to put forward this time? I think what on Cox Womble does that Italian guy that takes pictures in front of a Christmas tree <laughs> fucking do? Honestly, what does he do? Do you know what? I've looked at his Twitter today. There's about three posts since then. He's done three yeah. posts since Christmas. That what was it. on fucking God's earth do we spend money on him? I do not know. I don't know what he does. That's part, I, I guess to to round that into a more of a question, what recruitment policy in, in a bit more detail, what does that person do? Yeah, because I'm confused by him. He takes a lovely picture in front of a Christmas tree, but apart from that, he does fuck all from what I can see. Oh, wonderful. That's, that's right up there with fuck wittery, is cockwombleness. I like this. I like this a lot. <laughs> I, think, I think my question to Scott and it would be a valid question because we've, we've spoken about the, the, the sorry to talk talk to the finances was um, I'd want to know what lessons has he learned from Norwich this year because our accounts came out we had basically we kind of went from 120 million down to 57 million if you if you're bored with this I get it I get it completely but Norwich did exactly the same thing 119 and a half down to 57 million we had an operating loss of 70 million that means the trading loss 70 million pounds. Norwich, 26 million. I'd like to know what have you learned from what Norwich have done? Because the Norwich fans are all going Delia out, etc. I mean, they're not in a better position, but they sold five players and got, got into a profit. We sold five players and still lost 22 million. And I think mm. a lot of the things in the direction that Scott is now taking the club is about basically trying to make sure that if we go up, our costs and, and the rewards for the players go up. And when we come down, they come down again. But I think he'd have looked at that because I'd, I'd be amazed if he hasn't looked at it. Everything was similar. They had a 75% ratio of wages to turnover. We had 80. Then when the when the hit happened, we went to 119%. They went to 116%. £44 million, I would suggest, is the difference between good husbandry of a club and thinking you're established and possibly overextending. I'd really like to know what, what he's learned from that. That would be something for me and I think that's why I've got an awful lot of sympathy with everybody who thinks there's some questions to be asked from Scott I'm not saying that he has to go I'm just saying we'd like to know where we're going now because lessons have been learned hopefully fingers crossed do not scratch your eyes so I think that brings us just about to the end of this of this wonderful wonderful what am I talking about it's been horrific you know that we know that we just have to say thank you so much to everybody who has joined us Mr Neil Silverstein Mr Greg Theaker Mr Ian Bacon Mr Jason Rose Mr Alexander King but most of all 
most of all, the next head of the Junior Hornets, undoubtedly, because she only says good things about them. <laughs> it's the wonderful Katie, everybody. Well done, well done Katie. Well done. Well done. <laughs> we, we will all be seeing you soon, and uh, and take care. You want? You Cheers, guys. Cheers, very much. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.